The splendors and miseries of an old Bailey hack. Some cases of Horace Rumpo, barrister at law, as told to and written down by John Mortimer, with Morris Denham as Rumpo and Margot Boyd as Hilda. Rumpo and the Confession of Guilt. I, Horace Rumpole, barrister at law, 68 next birthday, Old Bailey Hack, husband to Mrs. Hilda Rumpole, known to me only as she who must be obeyed, and father to Nicholas Rumpole, lecturer in social studies at the University of Baltimore. I've always been extremely proud of Nick. I, who have a mind full of old murders, legal anecdotes, and memorable fragments of the Oxford Book of English Verse, Sir Arthur Quillacucci's edition, together with a dependable knowledge of bloodstains, blood groups, fingerprints, and forgery by typewriter, I, who am now the oldest member of my chambers, take up my pen at this advanced age. During a lull in business, there's not much crime about. All the best villains seem to be off on holiday in the Costa Brava. In order to write my reconstructions of some of my recent triumphs, including a number of recent disasters, in the courts of law, hoping thereby to turn a bob or two which won't be immediately grabbed by the taxman, or my clerk Henry, or she who must be obeyed and perhaps give some sort of entertainment to those who, like myself, have found in British justice a lifelong subject of harmless fun. Oh, Rumpole, hmm? I wish you'd stop doing your legal work at breakfast. Hmm? You're getting butter all over that ring. No, thank you, my precious. You must picture me a good few years ago now with she who must be obeyed in our matrimonial home at Flat 13, Froxbury Mansions, Gloucester Road. A mansion flat is a misleading description of that cavernous and underheated area which Hilda devotes so much of her energy to keeping shipshape, not to say Bristol fashion. We were having breakfast. And between bites of toast, I was reading my brief for the day. The case of a young Jamaican boy, improbably named Oswald Gladstone. Sadly, I quoted Wordsworth, as I often do at breakfast. There was a boy. You knew him well, ye cliffs oh, and man. islands of Winanda. Many a time, that evening when the earliest stars began, would he stand alone? Um, more toast, please, Hilda. Oh, really? Beneath the trees or by the glimmering lake. Rumpel, about your son. My client today is a boy, oh. engaged on rather less innocent pursuits. <laughs> a brilliant client. I mean, he only takes an antique dagger and stabs a young man at a buscue oh, no, outside Lord's Cricket Ground four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, I mean, if you have to do that sort of thing, at least do it during the hours of darkness, uh, and if possible, not at Lord's. Rumpole, I am hmm? trying to have a serious conversation. Well, I think the fellow who got stabbed took it seriously. He was a total stranger, of course. Just someone my juvenile client felt like stabbing. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. When are you going to say goodbye to your son, Nick, before he goes away to the other side of the world? Look, I'm meeting Nick at 12 in the Army and Navy stores. I'll buy him a top coat for America. And then we'll have a good lunch. Uh, steak and kidney poured, I imagine, something of that nature. 
And then I've got to get back for a 4.30 conference. So you give him tea and then he's off to the airport. 12 o'clock? How can you meet Nick at 12 o'clock? Mm. You'll be in the old Bailey. No, no, no. My case will be over in half an hour. Just a shorty. The old darling will have to plead guilty. He signed a full confession of guilt. <laughs> to Detective Inspector Arthur, most reliable officer... Rose Prize chrysanthemums. I don't know why you have to go down to the Old Bailey at all on Nick's last day. Well, they say crime doesn't pay, but it's a living, you know. I mean, that, that nice breakfast egg of yours. Probably a tiny part of the proceeds of an unlawful carnal knowledge. Ugh. You're an Old Bailey hack. That's what you are. Hmm? I heard your head of chambers, Guthrie Featherstone. QCMP. Say that at the garden party. Dear old Rumpole, he said, is a bit of an old Bailey hack. The old Bailey. I walked down past Ludgate Circus from my chambers and there it was, touched by a hint of autumn sunshine. A stately law court, an Edwardian palais de justice, with an extensive modern extension to deal with the increase in human fallibility. Terrible things go on in the old Bailey, horrifying things. Why is it I never go in at the revolving door without a thrill of pleasure? Why does it seem a much jollier place than my flat in Gloucester Road under the strict rule of she who must be obeyed? Morning, Rumpo. Oh, good morning. Are you against me in the attempted murder? I had changed into the fancy dress. Gown a little tattered. Old wig bought second-hand from the ex-attorney general of Fiji pre-war. And outside the court I found my prosecutor. I planned to beguile him into accepting a plea to actual bodily harm, so allowing young Gladstone to cop a suspended sentence. And Rumpel to buy his son a decent blowout at Simpsons. Are you for the black teenager, Rumpel? Uh, yes, yes. A nervous barrister called Magnus Pycam, pockets stuffed with various coloured pencils for taking notes, always looks to see if his zip's done up when he gets up in court. Matter of fact, he gave me no trouble at all. I suppose you wouldn't be prepared to plead to actual bodily harm, would you, Rumpel? The minor offence. Oh, ABH, the minor offence. I did my best to sound doubtful, thinking, of course, that Gladstone would jump at the chance. Then I, I'll go and see if I could get my client to accept your excellent and time-saving suggestion. Is Mr. Gladstone at home? I don't think he's gone out to lunch with the Lord Mayor. Council, to see the piccaninny. Ah, you know what life of the old lady blunts, Mr. Winter. It blunts the sensitivity. Oh, indeed, indeed. Mr. Winter, instructing solicitor, small, Welsh and passionate, dedicated to the belief that all Jamaican immigrants must be telling the truth and all policemen are creative liars. This is Mr. Rumpole, Oswald. He'll be defending you. Up in number one court, aren't we? Oh, yes, Mr. Gladstone. At the age of 16, you've got star billing. I told the cops Ginger did it. I saw him with the cutter. Hmm? He threw it away after. Oh, Ginger's one of the white boys, Mr. Rumpole. He got away. But it's just, just a moment, Mr. Gladstone, old darling. Let me just remind you of what you did say to the police in your signed and written statement. Uh, Mr. Winter, got a copy of the confession there, oh, have you? Yes, sir. A confession of guilt that made our case impossible, even for Rumpole. Ah, now, my name is Oswald Montgomery, <laughs> Gladstone. But in our gang, they call me Blades. Uh, is that what they call me? Blades, that's right. Mm. That's me name. 
What's the other fellas like? Mm, I mean, I know you found the dagger, so I better come clean, Governor. Anyway, if you nabs Ginger, he'll grass on me. We was mad at the MCC supporters what annoyed us, so when I left the ground, I had my knife ready. But when the MCC blokes all scarpered, because I had the weapon, I felt a bit of a fool not using it. And there was this bloke standing, so I just let him have it in the Antinelli. I'm very sorry for all the trouble I caused, signed O. Gladstone, witness Detective Inspector Arthur and Detective Sergeant Shaw. I told him Ginger done all that. Did you read it when you were in the police station? Of course I did. Well, why did you sign it if it wasn't true? I got bored. They were going on so long. Have you ever been questioning the Nick? Not as far as I remember. Well, it gets boring. You'd do anything just to get it over with. To get back to reading a comic in the cells? Yeah, reading. That's it. I was doing reading. If I sign that, they promised me a smoke. <laughs> Didn't it strike you as a rather expensive smoke? Look, Mr Gladstone, we've drawn a nervous prosecutor called Magnus Pycan. I've scared him into taking a plea to actual bodily harm. Now, you'll have to plead guilty to that. It's just the minor offence. You mean I don't have a chance? <laughs> As much chance as I have of spending the evening of my days in the south of France. <laughs> no chance, no. You've got another case you want to do. Hmm? You want to go and work for some of them rich villains. What's the matter with my case? Is it too much like hard work, eh? Uh, Oswald, you... you All right, no. I'll plead guilty then. If that's what you want, I'll plead bloody guilty. My mum, she wants me put away. All right, I'll plead guilty to something I didn't do. Are you telling me you didn't stab anyone? Look, Dad, I didn't have the knife. Are you telling me that? You don't believe me. Look, what I believe isn't of the slightest importance. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you, right? Right, then we've got to fight. Mr. Rumpel, do you want to ask Inspector Arthur any questions? I remembered what I knew of Mr. Justice Everglades, known to his few friends as Florry. His grandfather was Lord Chancellor, he was educated at Winchester New College, and he always cracked the Times crossword in the opening of an egg. I wondered what he would make of Oswald Gladstone. Mr. Rumpel. Oh, just a few, my lord. Mr. Arthur. You would agree the only real evidence against my client is this statement he has alleged to have signed at the police station? Isn't that evidence real enough for you, Mr. Rumpel? Uh, we shall see, shan't we, my lord? Have you the alleged statement there, Detective Inspector? Uh, yes, I have. Did you read that document through to Mr. Gladstone, my client, before he signed it? As I remember, he read it himself. You're sure of that? Yes, quite sure. As a matter of fact, he read it aloud to me. He read it all through, out loud? Yes, he did, my lord. And you didn't read it back to him? No, I don't believe so. You swear you did not? I swear I didn't read it to him. Mr. Gladstone read it to himself. And this is a statement alleged to have been made by a teenager in the year 1974. It was made by your client. Every word here. Every word. Oh, dear me, Inspector, don't you think you ought to brush up your Jamaican? I don't know what you mean, sir. Neither do I, Mr. Rumpel. Just that you've composed this piece of sparkling prose in the dead language of dear old Edgar Wallace. Mr. Rumpel, are you suggesting that your client's statement was composed by this officer? I am simply suggesting, my lord, that the whole shooting match comes out of the old police book of verbals. No self-respecting young criminal talks like that nowadays, does he? It was then that my son Nick walked into court. 
as he'd done in his school days to listen to my old murders. <laughs> Although this was only an attempt, I was determined to put on a good show for Nick. I phoned your chambers when you didn't turn up. No, oh, I'm sorry we got involved in a trial. My lad wouldn't put his hands up. Now, come and sit behind me, Nick. The move over winter. Of course, I Mr. Rumpole, hmm? if we could have a few moments of your attention. Oh, my lord, by all means. You were suggesting to the detective inspector that this statement was not couched in the language of a, of a self-respecting young criminal. And of course it isn't. It's the language of a middle-aged detective inspector. Mr. Rumpole, <laughs> the jury may not be as expert as you are on the way self-respecting criminals talk. Well, then, let me demonstrate, my lord. Let's read it together, Detective Inspector. Oh, very well, sir. I know you found the dagger, so I better come clean, Governor. You left something out, didn't you? What about it's a fair cop and you got me banged to rights? <laughs> Mr. Rumpole, is this cross-examination meant to be taken seriously? Well, only if this bit of paper is meant to be taken seriously, my lord. If you'll nab Ginger, he'll grass on me. Do you know, Inspector, had Mr. Gladstone been going to evening classes in old-time Cockney? Had he written a thesis on the Argo of the Artful Dodger? Not that I know Mr. of. Mr. Rumpo. Or did these quaint phrases drift up from your memories of happier times when all confession statements taken by the police started, it's a fair cop, just as a formality? Mr. Rumpo, I sincerely hope there'll be some evidence to support this attack on the officer's integrity. At the moment, my lord, I'm simply attacking his prose style. You're suggesting this officer is lying? Oh, my lord, certainly. No doubt the same suggestion will be made to my client. Mr. Rumpo, you have some experience in these courts? Oh, a little, my lord, just a little. Over a long period of years? You might say, my lord, from time immemorial. And you know very well the limits to which defending counsel may go. I've often been reminded of them, my lord. I imagine you have. If the cross-examination we have just heard is typical of you, Mr. Rumpole, I imagine you've had to be reminded often. One does not expect to have to repeat such reminders to counsel of your advanced age and seniority. Yes, my lord? Have you any other questions to ask this officer? Oh, a great many. I was anxious not to interrupt the flow of your lordship's rebuke. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree, Inspector Arthur? This is really a golden oldie of a confession statement. The jury may have some idea what the question means. I have none. What's the answer, Inspector? The answer is no. No. Ah, members of the jury, this case is obviously going to detain us a considerable time. We have yet to learn the nature of the defence. Yes, ten past two, please. Hmm. <sighs> Nick, dear old boy, I'm sorry it's all such a rush. I meant to buy you steak and get me pulled in Simpsons, not a cheese sandwich in the pub opposite the Bailey. No, oh, that's all right, Dad. My lunatic client refused to plead guilty, upset all our plans. Oh, this isn't any good, even as a cheese sandwich. What time's the plane, Nick? Oh, eight o'clock. It's one of those charter things. Mm, and you're having tea with your mother? She wants me to. Well, then don't try and cut it, eh? Watch out for she who must be obeyed. <laughs> I want to see her anyway. Mm. You uh, got plenty of money, haven't you? Over a few quid? Oh, I've got enough. I worked all last mm. August. No, yes, of course. It was dirty sort of work, wasn't it? I take my hat off to you. I could never dig up the underground. I don't think I could do your job either. Oh, come on, Nick. The old Bailey's not so bad. You can have quite a lot of good, clean fun down the Bailey. Is that what you were having this morning? 
Mm. Oh, I forgot. Do you, do you smoke small cigars? No. No, no, of course not. Filthy habit. But were you having fun? Hmm? Well, yes, yes, perhaps I was. In my own quiet way. <laughs> that judge? Oh, that judge was defending bad cases of non-renewed dog licenses when I was doing the pinch bungalow murders. Alone and without a leader. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know how you could go on when he said... Well, I told you how. You smile, the sweet smile of Chinese inscrutability, and say, if your lordship pleases, you take the rough with the smooth. I suppose he thought you were wasting time. Time? How long should it take to rob a boy's life for five years? Oh, I'm sorry, Nick. I hoped it might be a shorty. I'm <laughs> pretending. Pretending what, well, Nick? Pretending your mug is innocent. I mean, oh. Judges must get sick and tired of all these phony defences, looking at the policeman's notebook and all that sort of nonsense, when surely everyone knows. What? What do they know? Well, he actually admitted... Well, so they say. No one knows anything until it's proved, and even then you may have a nagging doubt. <laughs> Members of the jury, while there remains a particle of doubt, I remember you practising that speech in front of the bathroom miller where I put my rubber duck's head under the water so he wouldn't be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your stock in trade, isn't it? Doubt. Well, it's better than being a cleric dealing in improbable beliefs. No, Nick, I'm sorry I'm so busy. No, I didn't mind. Not till I saw what you were busy at. Do you find his soul disreputable? Well, if that boy's guilty, which he obviously is... Well, they're all guilty of something, my dear old thing. Everyone's guilty of something. If anyone gets off, it's a plus. Plus for who? Well, it's a strange quality of human nature, Nick. People show an almost comic relief at not being locked up. They actually enjoy not having to share one chamber pot through endless nights banged up with two vindictive, frightened and sexually frustrated strangers. You find that so very odd. <laughs> what about society? I mean, all that getting people off, is it much good to society at large? Well, society can open a door at night and go to the lavatory. Well, shouldn't you see it's protected occasionally? Hmm? Just at the moment, I've got my hands full protecting young Ozzie Gladstone. By telling lies? By telling his story for him as well as I can. What do you think I am, Nick? I'm, I'm nothing but a ventriloquist doll perched on Mr Gladstone's knee. You think that's a very dignified position? Oh, Nick. You can't be born or die in a dignified position. How the hell can you live in one, my old darling? You know about that boy. His mother had him put into care when he was four. Sent him away from home, I mean. But today, when I saw you standing there saying things you really didn't Look, mean, that's not what I was But I suddenly knew why. Well, um, you've never said much you've meant to me, have you? Nick. Well, I think that's what Mother finds difficult. She's not very happy, actually. She finds difficult? And what does the leader of the opposition find difficult exactly? Knowing who you are exactly. She says you're always arguing, but she doesn't know if it's an argument or just a game. Like the game you were playing this morning. She says you seem to hate her sometimes, really hate her. But she can't tell if you mean it. In a way, she says you, she'd rather you did than pretended to. But I, I say wonderful things to her. Well, very often, wonderful, complimentary things. Well, of course she doesn't believe those either. She's 
He's not very happy. She's not. What do you think I feel, Nick? What do you think? Mr. Rumpel! Oh, it's you. You know Nick, Mr. Winter, Nick. Now, my boy Nick. Oh, yes, hello, we met him before. Mm. Uh, Mr. Rumpel, I, I got a message through the prison officer. Uh, Gladstone wants to see us at once. But Nick's off to America this evening. Yes, I'm sorry, it, it sounded urgent. Oh, my master's voice. Well, have a good trip then, Nick. I mean, it's not forever, is it? You'll be back soon, I'm sure, on holidays. I expect so. Sorry about the lunch being so scrappy. Oh, that's all right. Damn it, we haven't had a talk yet. No. No, we haven't. Now, Mr. Glaston. That judge man, he don't like you. Huh? <laughs> Poor old darling, I'm not absolutely crazy about him. It's the jury that matters, Oswald. Mr. Rumpel's getting through to the jury. From what I've seen, that judge is really getting angry with you, man. Where's part of the wear and tear? So now I've seen that, I've decided to plead guilty. Huh? But Mr. Rumpole explained. If you tell us you didn't do it... I tell you now, I don't want this thing but going if on. you didn't... Look, I made that statement, didn't I? That judge is getting really angry. That's what I told you. It's the jury. Oh, it's gone all against us if now. If you ask me, you ask me... And I know, I, I, I've seen them all at work, and Mr. Rumpel's cross-examination was brilliant. Oh. I, I mean, he had D.I.R. right on the ropes. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I know you've tried real hard. Oh, thank you. Just wasn't working for you, was it? So I'm pleading guilty. Oh. Well, if you're quite sure, we'd better take written instructions to plead guilty. Cheer up the old judge anyway. Well, I think you're doing the wrong thing, Oswald. I, I think it's a tragedy. I mean, give Mr. Rumpole another half hour with that inspector and it'll come out what he is. A nigger-hater. He didn't call me no nigger. He never called me that. Well, if you think you know what you're doing... What you got there, Mr. Rumpole? No written instructions for you to sign. You can sign that, can't you? Yes. Yes, I can write my name. Oh, read it. Read it through first. Just read it through. Before you sign it. Okay. I read it. Are you sure? Okay. Why don't you read it out loud? Now, come on, old dear, just so we're sure you've got it perfectly clear. Out loud, like you did down at the neck. You can't read, can you, Oswald? Why didn't you tell us? So what do you want me to do? I think I want you to fight. Be up, standing in court. <laughs> yes, Mr. Rumpo. Uh, <laughs> Detective Inspector Arthur, you remember saying before we adjourned for luncheon you didn't read out his alleged statement to my client? Yes, sir. But the reverse was the case, and he read his statement out to you. That's perfectly true. Would it interest you to know, Inspector, that Oswald Gladstone can neither read nor write? But, Mr. Oh, he could scrawl his signature, just. But the whole realm of poetry is a closed book to him. Wordsworth is silent. Dickens and Thackeray might not have existed. He can't even look up until what street is in. 
or follow the simplest directions for assembling a model aeroplane. Well, he either can read or he can't. Which is it? He can't. Can he, Inspector? Uh, well, um, perhaps not, but, um, I must have read it to him. Do you accept, Inspector, that this young man could not read? If counsel says so, I must accept that, my lord. So it follows from that that you never put his reading to the test? It must do. And your evidence this morning was quite misleading? Yes, but... No buts, Inspector. It was either true or false. Which? It, uh, was incorrect. <laughs> I looked round in triumph. But Nick had gone. No, oh, he had a plane to catch, a new life to go to. And I was just up to my old tricks, springing a boy from the cells under the old bailey. Verdict, not guilty. <laughs> Poor Detective Inspector. He probably went home and kicked the chrysanthemums. <laughs> so you saw Nick there? Of course, Oswald Gladstone might well have been guilty. No doubt Inspector Arthur thought so. He just couldn't resist over-egging the pudding. So you saw your son? Mm. Yes, yes, I saw him. Well, we had a scrap lunch, but very pleasant, very pleasant indeed. He said you had a sandwich in the pub. Well, another drop of Chateau Fleet Street, Hilda. No, thank you. Ah, uh, you know how it is in the Bailey. It's difficult to make plans. Nick said he talked to you about your work. Mm -hmm. Seemed to think it was a little off-colour somehow. Hmm? Did he? Did he give you that impression? I must say, I wasn't having that from Nick. Your father, I told him, is a member of an honourable profession. Mm. Besides which, think of all he's done for you. Wagoners, Oxford, and a lot of help going to America. All paid for from the proceeds of crime. I certainly did not say that. I said, Nicholas, you should respect your father. That's what I said. Mm, thank you. Well, so you should. Uh, Nick thinks we ask all the wrong questions, just so we can get the wrong answers. That's what he thinks. He, oh, he really upset me, talking like that. He's perfectly right, of course. Oh, Rumpole. I mean, why? That's what we ought to be asking about Mr. Oswald Gladstone. Oh, why did that happen, outside Lord's Cricket Ground, for no reason whatsoever? I mean, God knows I believe in freedom, but Julie Jean-Jacques Rousseau... <laughs> I'd like to ask him a few pertinent questions. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. So far as I'm concerned, you belong to an honourable profession, and you do it very well. Mm. I heard that at the garden party. Rumpole, Guthrie Featherstone QC said, is as stubborn as a mule in cross-examination. <laughs> uh, perhaps I will have a drop. Ah. Uh, only a drop. Uh. You uh, know what else Nick said? As far as I can understand, Nick talked a lot of nonsense. He said you didn't know exactly who I am. Well, you do know that, don't you? Well, of course I do. You're Rumpole, aren't you? Yes, Horace Rumpole. What was Nick talking about? Everyone knows me down the Bailey, an amiable eccentric who drops ash down his waistcoat and tells the time of the gold hunter, calls them all old sweetheart. Also, I recite Wordsworth. Oh, that's who I am, isn't it? Thank <laughs> you.
That was Maurice Denham as Rumpo, Margot Boyd as Hilda, and Michael Maloney as Nick in The Confession of Guilt. Mr. Justice Everglades was played by Godfrey Kenton, Magnus Pican, John Church, Mr. Winter, Anthony Hall, Detective Inspector Arthur, John Hollis, and Oswald Gladstone, Kelvin Omar. Rumpole and the Confession of Guilt was written by John Mortimer and directed by Ian Cottrell.